we want to greet all of our uh, family with uh, that of uh, Foundational Faith Ministry, also our Destiny Bible College students. We're going to be going into the last chapter of the book of Daniel, and uh, we're titling this Class 8, Chapter 12. Our goal is, is to be able to complete this particular teaching in one setting. If not, we'll make a notation of that at the end. We want to look for just a moment to the 12th chapter of the book of Daniel in reference to the passage of scriptures itself. And I want to read uh, at least a couple of the verses in verse number 12, and it would be worthwhile to read it again with this particular study yourself as you um, begin to uh, listen uh, to this particular part or class eight of that of Daniel and this being chapter 12. Verse one, it says, and at that time, Michael stood, let me start back. And at that time shall Michael stand up the great prince, which standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation even to that time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered every one that shall be found written in the book. Um, there's, uh, there is uh, 13 verses to this chapter. I encourage you to read them. Uh, one of the things that I want to begin with is the fact that overall in the book of Daniel, we understand that the book of Daniel begins with Daniel being young and then the three other Hebrew uh, uh, young men. And uh, we understand that uh, it begins with uh, that of Jerusalem um, and going into that of Babylonian captivity. Um, the book spans even to uh, that of the beginning of the times of the Gentiles and the end of the times of the Gentiles. Um, and what we're saying there is is how that uh, Daniel covers such a span of history and time and age that we understand that Daniel was a writer of speaking of things prophetic from that 7th to the 12th chapter. And now we have seen, as we look back, and we have seen some of these things fulfilled. We're now still seeing the latter part that will be um, the uh, age of the Gentiles. or the end. And, and of course, we need to realize that uh, even when we get through with the end of the uh, Gentile time or the times of the Gentiles, that this is not the end of the world. Um, there's things that must be completed. Now, Israel is God's clock uh, that signifies or that signals the time of, of the end. And the writer here, Daniel, even tells us that there's a time of trouble coming that will exceed anything that's ever been known. And we can look back at world history and not just the nation of Israel, but the world in general and see that there has been some very horrific, wicked, um, some sufferings. And especially when we think in the realms of that, of that has uh, been developed or carried out by nations and empires 
uh, and the brutalness of their governments. And even we see things today in that of our world where there is persecution, there is killing of Christians, um, how that Islam uh, is is a very factor of that. Um, so with that being said, we see that chapter 12 concludes with the vision of the anointed one. Now, remember that in our study that this vision that Daniel had um, of the anointed one, it began in chapter 10. And uh, it's a vision about the latter days, and it refers to the days yet to come. So, um, and, and of course, you can go back and rehearse verse number 14 of the 10th chapter there. Um, it reveals what will happen um, at the time of the end. This is the end of the times of the Gentiles, not the end of the world, as we, we said. Um, there's some things that will take place, and I want you to listen to these. I've numbered these, and I've said uh, approximately about seven things here. I want you to listen as I read these. These are coming out of your textbook, if you have the textbook. And this is on page 323. First of all, the first thing is um, for this to happen, talking about these things of the end time um, that are going to prevail um, with the things that's to yet come. Now, understand, these. some of these have already begun to take place, and there's yet to things come. First of all, Israel must be back in the land, and we've discussed that in previous uh, studies, and we won't go back over that in, in any depth, but we do know that Israel, uh, Israeli people, are returning back home to their land. So that has even been fulfilled in my lifetime, even more so uh, in, in, in happening. Number two, a reunited Europe. Uh, we're beginning to see even more of that with um, the EU, um, NATO. Uh, there's other al alignments and allegiance um, that we can uh, understand. And then a world government must come on the scene. Now, I want to say it kind of like this. The world government that I think that's being spoken of has not came into place to take over, as we'll see. But I believe that the establishment of the very foundation and the walls being established and it being built is being um carried out by these uh, increments or these segments of of uh, these unions in the world that's taking place in different parts of the world of nations and leagues coming together, but definitely through that of the United Nations. We're seeing more and more of an emphasis of, of uh all the nations being given up their sovereignty to the United Nations, uh, United uh, Nations Constitution, military forces, uh, uh, governing uh, courts, these kind of things. So we can see that a world government is already being established. Um, 
that was uh, n- number three that I'm bringing out. Number four, there must be a great persecution and trouble for the Jews, especially from the from Syria and the north in the north and Egypt in the south. Now these are going to be some perspectives of that of of the um, time of tribulation. But we, we see that there has been conflict after conflict in the Middle East. And even at the time of our class here that we're teaching, we understand what's taken place since October the 7th, 2023, as we're putting a date on this, and uh, the unrest and the, uh, the devastation of Hamas uh, there in the Gaza Strip uh, to really just bring havoc even to the Palestinians that that are established live there, and definitely the attack that was placed upon Israel. Um, and and what I'm saying with that is we see where uh, even with that uh, the influence from nations that are northwest of Israel that are <clears throat> influencing or or even uh, contributes or funds uh, Hamas. Uh, so we can see some of the indication there. We can also even understand, if we spoke of in the past, um, how that even during this conflict that we are speaking of, um, that Egypt has even made some point of, of resolution. Uh, and, and of course, all this is coming into that of an understanding of, of a, a, uh, a two-state um, uh, Israel and then a Palestinian state also. Now, number five, there must be a phony peace treaty. Now, there has pe- there has been peace treaties, uh, several, and we're not going to go into all those, but you can do some research and study. I do know even in my lifetime that there's been a few. They're, they're talking even peace treaties now. Just in the news a couple of days ago, even Jordan has come forth uh, willing to... Uh, produce some peace treaties uh, to help with the conflict that's going on. As I stated earlier, uh, in the last uh, month or so of of this recording, Egypt has even proposed uh, a way to uh, give uh, some um, guidelines to, to try to bring arrest to what the conflict is there at the moment and even to establish a, um, a, a two-nation uh, territory of Israel and Palestine are states. Uh, so these treaties are leading up to a major treaty that definitely will be a phony treaty. Um, and of course, we're going to see that take place uh, when this this leader will step forward. And of course, he will be the Antichrist. He will promise peace and he will produce peace. Uh, even as the book of Revelation chapter 6 uh, talks about this is not Christ, but the Antichrist uh, uh, being that of a phony um, or an imposter of Christ or even the, the white horse scenario there. Uh, so he will he will make a treaty with Israel and uh, that will be in the uh, beginning, close to the beginning. And, and folks, I think we're already seeing it written I'm not saying we're in the tribulation. Don't misunderstand me. Um, and in previous uh, documents of treaties and those things that are being proposed right now, I think are are leading the um, leading the the wordage, the sentences, the paragraphs, and 
the treaty itself. Um, number six, the Jews must rebuild the temple. And folks, we, we know that that is capable of being done in a very short matter of time because of already um, several uh, decades now of preparation. Matter of fact, even as I speak, there is training of that of rabbinical and also um, of that of um, priest uh, training for sacrifices and things of this nature, the furniture, uh, stones already cut. So this is something that can quickly come on the scene before the rapture or even shortly after the rapture. Um, so again, number six is the Jews must rebuild the temple. Number seven, the Antichrist must appear. And then there's even more that will take place. Now, again, somebody says, well, we know the Antichrist. I believe that he will be revealed after the church is out of here, after the rapture. Is he living? Uh, you know, I, I'm going to just go ahead and say, I believe that he's living. He's in place. Um, and, and everything is being put in place for this move to take place. I believe that uh, the word of God, the prophecies of God that have already been accomplished and those things yet, they are uh, they are really fresher than the front page of today's paper. Um, our textbook says this, any observer of the daily news should quickly realize that this is shaping up. And I would really just say that anyone that may be even listening to this teaching right now and you do not know the Lord Jesus or you don't understand everything. Listen, it's one thing not to understand everything, but it's another. If your relationship with Jesus Christ is is not sound, uh, there is coming. These events are coming and you need to prepare. You need to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. You need to repent of your sins and you need to follow him um, because these things that we're seeing take place, they're just obvious of what's shaping up. Um, we need to realize that the understanding of the times of the Gentiles that we're in, um, and even what will be effective during the tribulation period, are that that's going to lead up to and end with the second coming of Jesus. Now, let me make this understanding again the the word that we have is the perusal this is talking about the advent of jesus coming at the closing of tribulation this is not the harpazo that we have talked about previously in several uh, times maybe in our earlier course of this study we are looking right now for what we call the rapture, we're looking for that snatching away. That's a better wordage out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. How that uh, there's going to be this caught up, the snatching, the seizing. That's what the word harpazo means, where the perusal is the actual coming, appearing of Jesus Christ on a white horse. And uh, this is what will take place at the closing and the ending or near the end of that, of the uh, tribulation. Um, there will be um, a lot of bad things that will take place. Uh, 
there will be uh, Gentiles and there will be Jews uh, that possibly will be saved uh, during the, this period of time. Most will give their lives. And let me just give an example that our textbook uh, gives uh, by David R. Reagan. I'm quoting him from this book, uh, our textbook. He brings in about things that are taking place, even from a historical and I just want you to think about what he's saying in reference to what I said earlier about how things are shaping up uh, and things that have already taken place. Uh, Mr. Reagan says this, or David R. Reagan, an example of an historical development is the reestablishment of the nation of Israel on May 14, 1948. The Bible is full of prophecies that the Jews will be regathered to their land in the end times, right before the return of the Messiah, and he gives some scripture, Isaiah 11, verses 20, excuse me, verses 10 through 12. Uh, for more than 20, excuse me, for more than 2,000 years, the Jews were dispersed all over the world with seemingly no hope of ever existing again as a nation because of the desperation, or desperation, the prophecies, concerning the end-time existence of Israel were not understandable. The same was true of the prophecies of Zechariah 12, 1 through 6, Luke 21 through 24, regarding the Jewish reoccupation of Jerusalem and the Temple Mount that occurred on June the 7th, 1967, and that would have been after the Six-Day War, uh, in reference to the uh, Jews reoccupying Jerusalem and re, uh, re, uh, uh, re-establishment of them uh, having the Temple Mount. Okay, so this is important to realize. Now, and one reason is because we know that Daniel would have been a uh, reader and also uh, knowledgeable of Old Testament prophecy. We know that he followed uh, writings of uh, Jeremiah and understood them in reference to the uh, Babylonian captivity of the 70 years. But he would not have had Zechariah chapter 12, verses 1 through 6 to his disposal. But there again, the Word of God uh, does uh, give us an understanding of these things that, will, that, that has uh, even come that may have not been realized until they did take place. Okay, um, let's uh, change gears just a little bit and talk about what verse number one uh, of chapter 12 is saying here. It says uh, that Michael, he'll stand up, and of course we've already brought up the fact that how that he is the uh, protector of Israel, um, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. So Daniel is writing here in reference to what is being said um, that uh, that he watches over the sons of your people, which is the Jew, and there shall be a time of trouble. And we're talking about Jacob's trouble, which is another name for the tribulation, such as never was since there was, uh, since there was a nation even to that time. And at that time, your people shall be delivered, everyone 
who is found written in the book. All right, let's bring out about uh, seven things that are mentioned here in this uh, particular thought of this first chapter, excuse me, this first verse of chapter 12. Okay, the verse makes several points is what we're being told. We understand that it identifies uh, the time uh, that's being dealt with. Um, and we've already stated that it's the time of the end. And then second of all, we understand that uh, Gabriel apparently was over the prince of Persia and who will help uh, cast Satan out of heaven. Um, so we see Michael, uh, the archangel, he is a powerful angel who helped Gabriel overcome the prince of Persia. And so uh, there again, we can see the authority, the power. We see how that uh, 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 spirits in the world, that of the power of the enemy may be governing or attempting to govern over nations. But there again, we see the power of God in action through that of Michael and Gabriel and definitely Michael being a uh, archangel and being the angel that looks over and watches over and is a warrior of the nation of Israel. Uh, in number three, again, we just emphasized what we, what we just said is to protect Daniel's people, the nation of Israel. And uh, fourth, uh, Daniel, excuse me, Michael stands up. And he does that uh, as as a stance, as that of taking authority um, and acting um, in in the sense of, of protective. Um, so um, that's important to to think in reference to those words. Shall stand up. He's taking his authority. Um, Israel will be challenging one of the most powerful spiritual forces in heaven. Uh, those who do attack Israel will be challenging one of the most powerful spiritual forces in heaven. And of course, that would be anyone that would protect, would, would, would attempt to attack Israel. Um, they're going to be confronted with that of the archangel Michael as the protector. Um, <clears throat> number five, a time of trouble. And this is just another word. There's several words for that of tribulation period time. It's called a time of trouble. Uh, there will be the great tribulation. And we've already heard how that there has been, and we've mentioned there will be, uh, this will be a time that will exceed. It will be uh, definitely in greater uh, of, of that, of anything that has taken place. And there is a lot of horrific things. There is, there is uh, things that we, we just know that's so barbarian and, and, and just so uh, even pitiful uh, that's taken place throughout history. Um, our writer of the text says, there will be a great tribulation such as not been been seen since the beginning of the world until this time nor uh, ever shall be and you know uh, it's kind of interesting that Matthew in chapter 24 verses 21 through 22 talks about how that um, for the elect's sake those days would be shortened um, so 
even God's mercy to those that are the elect, definitely the Jew and those that um, do make it to Petra or even live uh, and, and are not martyrs, possibly, uh, God's uh, mercy there. And, uh, of course, we need to understand that, uh, and, and this is more in-depth with the study of the book of Revelation, so we may not go into much of that, but at the moment, as far as what we understand, that during this period of time, there's going to be uh, the the, uh, the, uh, the the seals, the trumpets, and the uh, bold judgments, and they are all prophesied in the book of Revelation. And another time as we study Revelation, we'll go more into those of the seal, the trumpet, and the bowls um, as they are used through this horrific suffering, uh, this great time of trouble. Now, um, here's something of interest that uh, we find that Zechariah chapter 13 verse 8 would <clears throat> excuse me, give some emphasis um, there will be delivered, or it refers to uh, groups of a group, a specific group of people who will survive. Um, it's telling us that there will be two thirds of people that will perish during the tribulation period, and there will be a one third <clears throat> that will be delivered. Um, and and uh, it's believed that uh, these are Jews. Um, uh, in reference to Jews, the, and then there's the book, and we have a reference to the Lamb's Book of Life here that contains the names of Jews who are faithful to God. Everyone whose name is on this list will survive the tribulation period. Now, that's an interesting study within itself uh, because we know even as believers uh, that, our that our name should be in the Lamb's Book of Life. Um now, many uh, people have mistaken the idea that death is the end of things. No, it's not, folks. The Bible clearly states it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this, the judgment. And we find that in Hebrews 9.27. Daniel makes it clear that there is a judgment and God is the bookkeeping business, is in the bookkeeping business. So, uh those uh, there's good news, and it's good news for those that accept Jesus, um, but it'll be worse for those that don't. Um, there's some things that are placed here and stated in uh, three points. Um, notice again what he said, and uh, it says a fiery uh, steam issued and came forth before him a thousand. Um, a thousand thousands ministered to him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated and the books were open. Now, we understand that there's going to be some judgments. Um, that's a good study within itself. There's at least five judgments. Um, so in Daniel 10, 21, but I will tell you, what is noted in the scripture of truth. And then thirdly, your people shall be delivered, everyone who is found written in the book. So there is the hope of those that have stood the test. They've stood in faith. They've trusted Christ. They've not fallen um, 
and been deceived or took um, uh, took upon them to uh, make allegiance and worship and mark of that of the Antichrist or the beast. Now, um, your people shall be delivered, everyone who is found written in the book of life. Uh, there's going to be, as I said, at least five uh, five uh, different um, judgments. And, of course, one is going to be the white throne judgment where every lost person will stand before God. Um, there's going to be the Bema seat for the child of God. There's going to be... Um, the 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 uh, um, the there's going to be the judgment of angels. Uh, there's going to be judgment of the nations, and I'm leaving one of them out, and I can't recall which one it is off the top of my head. Okay, so let's uh, keep these things in mind as we move on. We're going to talk about the tribulation period a little bit. Let's look at verse number two. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Now, there's a passage of Scripture that I think that is um, is interesting in the book of Revelation, but also there's Scripture in John chapter 5 and verses 28 through 29. Now, we're going to give a little bit of an, uh, an explanation that our textbook gives, and I want you to give it some thought because this is another good study within itself, is the first and the second resurrection. Um, there's a few things that I had to think through, and I said, hmm, I have not even thought about that in that perspective. But let's look at a few things, because in, Beth, excuse me, in John's uh, writing, um, Jesus states this, he says, Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth, uh, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. This is in John chapter 5, verses 28 and 29. Now, um, I have highlighted this, and this kind of gives us some explanation of where we're going. In your textbook, it says the first resurrection is called the resurrection of life. The second is called the resurrection of condemnation. <clears throat> the first resurrection, uh, the first is a resurrection of believers. The second is a resurrection of unbelievers. Um, we know that the book of Revelation and even Isaiah chapter 11 uh, teaches us uh, that there is a millennium, a thousand year period. And a um, uh, thousand year period will be between the two. So it's given us an explanation when these resurrections will take place. Also, scripture reveals that the first resurrection will have four phases, while the second resurrection will have just one. Now, listen to this, and we'll try to give some explanation. Uh, there is some question uh, that I even have. Uh, let's look at phase number one. This would be the resurrection of Jesus and some old time, old time, listen to me, Old Testament saints uh, three days after the crucifixion. Now, that's an interesting passage of scripture within itself in our Gospels in uh, <clears throat> reference to that of uh, Matthew chapter 27 and verses 52 and 53. 
I'm going to find those and I want to read them to you. Now, like I said, this is an interesting passage of scripture. Um, and there's things that we can reference here. Uh, I really uh, can see here that I, I don't believe what's being taught is that there was a complete resurrection that takes place. But you've got to understand these are Old Testament saints. Now, we may not totally um, give uh, a, a full understanding, but I do want to give you a concept to, to consider and think of. And uh, I'm sorry, I'm in the 26th chapter of Matthew, but I mean to be in the 27th. And uh, just hold on one minute. I'm, I'm looking uh, at a note, another Bible that I have. So that's not good either. When you don't use your regular Bible, sometimes that throws you off a little bit finding something, doesn't it? Okay, in verse number 32 um, of the, uh, excuse me, 52, 52 of um, Matthew 27, and the graves were open. Now, let me go back up. In verse number 50, Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent. And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after the resurrection, came out of the graves after his resurrection, and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. Now, you know, I think that would be an interesting study further, but I, I really feel that one uh, understanding of that is we need to remember uh, what was being taught, and this is not a parable of uh, Luke chapter 16 in reference to that of the rich man. He wasn't named. It could have been so that he's not uh, embarrassed or or the, the uh, respect that Jesus would have um, in reference to this man being lost and doomed. But Lazarus is named. Um, it, it talks about when the rich man begins to make conversation to Abraham, there was this place of the abode, and there was a great gulf fixed between those that are in that of what we would know as Hades or that in the abode of, of hell. And uh, there is suffering going on, and we're not going to go into all that because the 16th chapter uh, gives some of those details of what the rich man uh, states that is, is part of the uh, suffering that's taking place there. But we we do realize that uh, Abraham's bosom is mentioned. It's very well possible these are the believers um, that were in, that, that had died in the faith that's being spoke of here. Now, there's a lot of, there's a lot of detail and questions that this, that, that, that arises from this. So even our textbook is, is giving kind of an explanation that this was not all of the Old Testament state the saints. Um, but phase two talks about the resurrection of the church at the rapture before the tribulation period. So what what is being seen is this resurrection or the first resurrection being in four parts, which means it would have been not just one general resurrection, it would have been at different times. Um, so what we're seeing is part of the first resurrection is with these Old Testament saints that are resurrected. 
Then chapter, excuse me, phase two is the uh, resurrection of the church or the believers, the church at the rapture before the tribulation period, which would be 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Then the third phase uh, would be the resurrection of the two witnesses near uh, the tribulation period, uh, possibly near the midpoint. These are the two witnesses, and there's questions who those two witnesses are. They're definitely Jewish um, that will preach uh, in the streets, and then they will be killed. Their bodies will be laid in the street. Uh, they'll resurrect, I believe it's after uh, three days, um, and then God will send them up. There's questions of who they'll be. I've heard everything from Elijah and Moses, um, Enoch and Elijah. Um, and matter of fact, I even have a uh, mentor or a teacher that has even said that uh, it could be John because uh, the scripture there that says Jesus himself says, well, in so many reference, uh, in so, so many words, as I para uh, paraphrase it, that he would see these things take place or he would be a witness. And of course, we knew, do know that he was given uh, the book of Revelation to pen. But there again, there will be these two witnesses and uh, they will die and then they will be resurrected in the tribulation itself. And then fourthly, this is what's interesting going along with the first thought of the Old Testament uh, saints. The resurrection, the fourth phase of this first resurrection will be of the tribulation saints and the remainder of the Old Testament saints at the end of the tribulation period. Now, I'm going to let you take as a student to further study that. Uh, one question that does come in my mind is um, when the rapture takes place, and it is a general resurrection in the sense, or we know that it's uh, the first resurrection or the resurrection of life, um, other than the fact that these are not considered saints or, or believers under that of the period of grace. They would have been uh, under uh, the law. Um, so uh, I think there's worth some of the clarification that's being maybe rendered here. But then again, um, I have gave question. Uh, a matter of fact, I've put a question mark in my textbook where it says, and the remainder of the Old Testament saints at the end of the tribulation period. Um, if we're all believers um, and they died in the faith, my question is, why would they have to wait till after the tribulation if they're believers? Uh, so that's a point to consider. But there again, um, there is um, this phase four, the resurrection of the tribulation saints and the remainder of the Old Testament saints at the end of the tribulation period. <clears throat> so uh, the second resurrection, which is the resurrection of condemnation, we understand that it's really uh, given the thought of one phase. It's a resurrection of all unbelievers at the end of the millennium. So this is anyone that's died as an unbeliever that will be resurrected at the end of the millennium. Um, it, it states here that uh, 
in this verse, and the verse was um, verse 2. I, I'm not sure that I read that. I apologize. It says, And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. So that gives us the two concepts of a resurrection of life and a resurrection of that of of uh, death or condemnation of the unbeliever. Okay, uh, in the verse two, um, the angel is is discussing the resurrection of the Jews. The resurrection of the Gentile is not being considered. So here's giving some of a uh, thought of the difference of some of these things that's taking place. A few of the Jewish believers are raised to everlasting life when Jesus was raised. The other Jewish believers will be raised to everlasting life when the tribulation period is over. All unbelieving Jews will be raised a thousand years later later in the second resurrection. Now, our writer is saying unbelieving Jews, but every unbeliever must rise uh, or have, have this second resurrection or be in part of this resurrection, and even hell would empty itself. Hell will empty itself, and then later, after the white throne judgment, which is next mentioned in your textbook, this is... This is where the unbeliever will stand before God, um, and uh, they will not be found in the Lamb's Book of Life, and uh, they will stand at the judgment seat, and not only they will they be cast in the lake of fire, but hell itself will be cast in the lake of fire. Uh, so that gives us some clarification, uh, folks, that, that whomever has died without the faith that they're going to be resurrected to stand before God at this time. Um, so therefore, uh, our writer is speaking in a Jewish Gentile context here, but we've got to understand that what's being said during the tribulation is basically uh, a time that God is dealing with the Jew. But there again, with some clarification here, I have a tendency to kind of give some consideration uh, when do the Old Testament saints resurrect? If they didn't resurrect with Christ, um, okay, if all the Old Testament saints did not resurrect with Christ at his resurrection, they have to resurrect with the church, not after the tribulation. Um, so that's one concept to consider. <clears throat> Um, the Messianic Jew, those who accept Christ are Christians that will be resurrected in phase two. So the, our writer of our text is saying any Jew in this time of grace that accepts Christ will be resurrected. If they die, they will be resurrected at the coming or the harpazo or the rapture phase two before the tribulation. Um, other Old Testament saints will be resurrection, resurrect, resurrected with the tribulation saints, uh, both Jews and Gentiles who accept Christ after the, the rapture. Some believers, some believing Jews will flee to Petra during the tribulation period and will not be killed, but instead will live on earth until the millennium. <clears throat> now, we understand that there will be some natural people living 
during the millennial and later um, or during that millennium there will be a decision uh, and and of course uh, the nation's going to be judged okay let's let's kind of uh, pause there for a moment with this um, and let's let's think in reference to this if there is a raising of the saints that are under the throne and seen in garments is it possible and i'm just i'm just throwing some things out here uh to consider that they're part of the old testament believers uh, those that are um those that are tribulation uh saints that are martyred okay let's uh go on and let's look at verse number three this is a study within itself that we don't have time to 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 just uh, um, um, uh, to 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 give all of our attention to, but we are creating some scenarios and thoughts for you to continue your your, your study. <clears throat> okay, uh, verse number three it says, "Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars." forever and ever um one thing that i want to say is that there's a promise to the soul winner um i think that is effective even for right now and we uh, see here that it's talking about and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever um those who are wise in this verse are those who lead people to Christ during the end of the time of the end. This is true for the church today, but it will be especially true for those who witness during the difficult days of the tribulation period. So right now, God considers you wise. He considers uh, you to be shining like a star if you're a soul winner. And we need to be soul winners. But also, this is an Old Testament Excuse me, this is not Old Testament. This is a, a, a tribulation uh, period scripture. During the tribulation, many believers will be put to death because of the word of God and the testimony they maintain. And I thought of Revelation chapter 12 and verse number 11. And this is a very powerful uh, verse of scripture. Matter of fact, it's one of my favorite passages of scripture. And with that being said, I want to read Revelation chapter 12, and I want to look at verse number 11, because this passage of Scripture is right now. It's for right now for the believer, but we do not take and look at it in the perspective like we ought to, that this is a tribulation Scripture also. It says in verse number 11, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And most of us stop right there because we make this applicable to ourselves as believers right now that are before the tribulation period. We have overcome. We have overcome by our Lamb that's been sacrificed, by the blood of the Lamb, and definitely the word of God, the word of uh, of their testimony. Our testimony ought to be lining up with the word of God. But the part of the verse that we do not deal with most of the time when we quote this, and they love not their lives unto the death. 
So this makes this definitely a tribulation period scripture where they're going to see themselves uh, as overcomers of the enemy. And it's because of the power and the authority of the lamb and his shed blood, but also that they have applied and walked in and stand upon the word of their testimony, which is the word of God. And, and Christ is the word. And the, as I stated, they will be willing to give their lives. And they loved not. They did not love their lives in such a way to be selfish that they would not be willing to give. They were willing to give their lives for the cause and the testimony of Christ. So <clears throat> we, we understand how that this is appropriate with this passage of Scripture. They have stood for the faith. They have preached the, 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 the Word of God, um, and they will be uh, like stars forever with, with uh, that of uh, how God looks at those that do so. Okay, um, I made a, I want to read that last paragraph under the promise to soul winners. These wise believers are going to shine with the brightness like the brightness of the heavens and the believers who lead others to Christ will shine like stars. And, and you know, I, I may sound a little disrespectful and I know that honor is, is, is appropriate uh, and achievement, but we, we can find if you go to Hollywood, there's those that we call the stars or we call them Hollywood stars and they even have uh, stars. Uh, they have places where that they have their particular star, and uh, most of these have passed away. Um, and and you can even go there and, and observe their stars. But he tells us we're going to be stars. And, but you know what's so sad? A lot of the celebrity that's in our world today, and and I, I don't mean to sound disrespectful, but it's the truth. It's just a bunch of slop, and I call it celebrity slop. But I want to tell you, Christ is going to honor those that are faithful to his word, to his atonement, and those that will uh, that, that will uh, proclaim it and propagate it with even the cost of their life. Now, when we get to verse number four, we find that um, it's interesting what Daniel's going to be told to do. He, he says in the fourth verse, but you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase. Now, we fully understand that Daniel was told that he was to close. He was to seal the book and seal the book of Daniel until the time of the end. So what we find here is that... Um, it's talking about preserving the book and its prophecies. That that some of this is 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 even further than you can imagine. Daniel into the future, which will be the end of the age. Um, since Daniel could not do um, that himself, it means this book messages are divinely protected by God. None of God's word passes away, folks. Um, also, it means that some of these things cannot be understood until the time, until the time that it applies. 
And as we look back, we can see where things that have been written by the prophets, we get the understanding of things, and, and we're seeing things come to fruition. Um, also, it talks about how that uh, some experts say run to and fro. Uh, it, it applies to that of of our inventions or um technology uh, and some things that I've noted here in the side of my textbook as some thoughts uh, the inventions uh, science and medicine technology um, artificial intelligence is coming and uh, we can see historically and current events they're advancing uh, in, uh, increase of knowledge and understanding just even with the internet um, matter of fact, uh, uh, it, it, we see the the increase in of of the rapid travel. Um, I was reading behind a writer um, that published a work in 1964. Now I want you to think about 1964. If you put some historical things into perspective, we had airplanes, we had automobiles. Uh, we had radio. We already had television. Um, by 1964, we were uh, putting men into orbit. Um, so with the writing of his book and him speaking about Daniel, he even as an older man in 1964 said, I remember riding in my grandfather's buggy. What was he talking about? He was talking about in the early 1900s before some people still were able to get an automobile. They were still traveling by that of horse and buggy. And he states in 1964, an older gentleman himself that he recalls being able to travel that way. And then we we understand that even in those days, they would have only been able to travel uh, you know, maybe 20 to 30 miles an hour by horse uh, in a day. Um, so, <clears throat> and, and then the explosion of knowledge. I mean, just think how we can obtain knowledge today. I can, I can say a certain word that's sitting on my desk and it will give me pretty much an answer on something. It will keep my calendar. And, and uh, most people, if they don't change the, the terminology, it starts with an A. So most of you um, know what I'm talking about. It's a little ball. And, and I can ask it any question. You can go on the Internet and ask Google or on your telephone. So we have this increase of knowledge uh, that's available today. And, uh, and uh, uh, it's been said in your textbook, and I think it even proceeds more than that now, uh, that Actually, it took about 1,700 years for the knowledge to double after the life of Christ, or excuse me, after the death of Christ. And as I've stated, now we've got the Internet. Um, and with the Internet, um, it talks about how it doubles in under two years. Uh, so uh, this, 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 is, this is part of, of where we're going with, with uh what's being stated here with the to and fro. 
um, and and of course the increase of knowledge and and what effect that's having on even what is yet to come of the um, times of the end or the end end times. Okay, Jack Van Impey said this, and you may be familiar with Jack Van Impey. He's gone on to be with the Lord now, but he makes a, a statement in reference to knowledge uh, that increases. He says, isn't it strange that ex expositions of this book were not attempted until recent times? No expositor made any published attempt to explain Daniel verse by verse until the 20th century. So we've seen through knowledge how that now there can be more of a written understanding of even the book of Daniel Okay, I'm going to read verses 5 and 6 together. It says, And uh, then I, Daniel, looked, and there stood two others on the on this riverbank, and the other on the that riverbank. And then verse number 6, And one said to the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, How long shall the fulfillment of these wonders be? Now there's question uh, by some who this might have been. Uh, more than likely, it is angels that's being spoken of in verse number five. It's believed that it was actually uh, Jesus that was the one clothed in linen uh, that was above the waters, uh, the waters of the river. And uh, the question is asked, how long shall the fulfillment of these wonders be? You know, I'm reminded of how the believers or the disciples or the apostles or, or those that were assembled with Jesus before he ascended uh, asked about when would the kingdom come. Uh, they asked end time things. And we see that Jesus gave them an understanding that they were to go and to be endued with power and they were to become evangelists. They were to become witnesses in propagating the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he didn't give a total full explanation of eschatology on that last day that he was here. But we see here the questions asked, um, how long shall the fulfillment of these wonders be? And so um, we see when this vision began, we learned that Daniel saw someone dressed in linen, more than likely Jesus, um, the two others appear and ask Jesus the question that many won't answer. How long will it be before these astonishing things are fulfilled? Um, with that thought in my mind, how long will it take for these things to be fulfilled at the end of time? Uh, Israel's faith key is being spoke of here. Listen to this passage here out of your textbooks. Israel will not be delivered until they decide to stop trusting in themselves and start trusting in their Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. And this will come, I really believe, the actual confession takes place in Zechariah. And uh, I believe it's in the 12th chapter. I didn't turn there. And it's when they will see him and they will look upon him. And this will be in the closing of the tribulation when he's coming back. And they will see him and they will say, um, where did you receive 
those wounds. And he'll say in the house of a friend, this is the key. This is Israel's key to redemption. When they stop trusting in themselves and they start trusting their Messiah. And they've already, at this point that I'm speaking of, they have already went uh, into that of the latter part of those 42 months of tribulation. So we see that we cannot pinpoint a time, but we do know that we're living in the 69th week, and we realize that the clock is stopped in some aspect, but we understand that when the Lord Jesus Christ comes and raptures his church, we will see that 70, we will see that 70th week began and we'll see the first three and a half years and we'll see the antichrist as he rises and then we'll see the uh the deception that takes place and then we see in a final state how that israel redemption will come through that of jesus christ okay number seven verse seven then I heard the man clothed in linen who's, who was above the waters of the river when he held up his right hand and his left hand. Now see that. He did not just lift his right hand. He lifted both hands to heaven and swore by him who lives forever that it shall be for a time, times, and half a time. And when the power of the holy people has been completely shattered, all these things shall be finished. Now he answers. He answers with uh, the the going back to that of the time times and half a times. We can't say okay, this is a particular date on the calendar, but what Christ Himself or Jesus here is revealing is the uh, period of that seventh week. He's talking about the midpoint of the seventh week. He's talking about uh, with the fact of time means uh, one and times means two. You equal those. And we had a scale or we had a chart previous in our lessons where we see that we get the three, uh, the three years. And then it says a half a time, the three and a half years. And of course, uh, it speaks of that in uh, Daniel chapter 4 and verse 16, to be three and one-half years. Um, this will be the last 42 months, or that of 1,060 days of the tribulation period. Uh, during that time, the Jews will be uh, turned over uh, to the Antichrist. Uh, the temple will be desolate. The Jewish people will turn to Jesus as their Messiah and all of the prophecies will be fulfilled. So we're going to see in that latter <clears throat> 42 months where this completion is going to take place. Now, let's uh, look at verse number eight. It says, although I heard, I did not understand. Then I said, my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? Now, Daniel is asking now. The angels have asked. Now, Daniel is stating, and he says, I didn't understand. He said, I heard, but I did not understand. 
And he asks the question, my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? Um, we, we need to understand that Daniel was a very highly educated man. Uh, he had studied the books of scripture. Uh, he he admits, uh, admitted that he heard what Jesus said, but he confessed that he did not understand it. So he asked Jesus to tell him more. Now, <clears throat> let me emphasize that he did not have Zechariah. He did not have the writings of Zechariah. So uh, some of these things that I mentioned previously, and even where we see that the Jewish people will turn to Jesus as the Messiah, this is going to be at the closing. This is going to be when he comes with the perusal. Um, things are more clear today uh, with that of even Zechariah's writing. On page 333 of your textbook, it gives a word uh, or a paragraph here that I'm going to read from the King James Bible Commentary. Daniel, even though the recipient of this revelation did not fully comprehend it, from our perspective over 2,500 years later with, with several Old Testament books, Daniel did not have Zechariah, for example, and the New Testament as well, we have a much better idea of what these prophecies mean and how they will transpire. <laughs> so it was a valid question that Daniel asked. Now let's look at what he was told in verse number nine. And Jesus said, go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed until the time of the end. Okay, Daniel asked for more information, but Jesus didn't give it. He actually told him that he was to go on about his life. He was to go on about his affairs. And folks, let me make a statement here that I think that's important. When we have been given a word from God, we want to know we want to know every tidbit of it. We want to know every explanation. And that's part of our human nature. But see, here's where faith steps into the equation when we know that God has said it. And we will go on in faith. We will continue to walk our life. And we will allow God to process that in its due time even in whatever um, equation that it has effect for us. Okay, <laughs> um, so this writing or these words have been sealed up for the time yet to come or the time of the end. So some of these things that we have seen in this vision, some of these things that have been stated, they're yet even into that tribulation, those 42, um, those 42 months that has been spoken of, of the time, times, and a half of a time. Okay. Um, but not everything will be fully understood until the last three and a half or three and one half years of the tribulation arrives. <laughs> okay. Let's look at Daniel chapter number 
uh, 12, verse 10. Many shall be purified, made white, and refined, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. Now, there's those that take and break up these particular thoughts, um, and I think it's worth doing that. Jesus was talking to Daniel here about there would be many that would be purified and they would be refined at the end of the times. We understand that there'll be the two witnesses. We understand there'll be the 144,000 Jewish um, evangelists that will be from the tribes uh, that will be uh, actually um, sealed. And uh, most likely they will uh, eventually reside in Petra. <clears throat> and so there's going to be this this uh, this time, even during the tribulation, that there's going to be this purifying, there's going to be this refining, there's going to be the word of God being propagated, um, or there's going to be Jews and multitudes of possibly Gentiles that will receive the word of God and they will accept Jesus. Now, some look at this as some type of revival. Um, any time that that the message of God is being received and in such a way that uh, uh, there's masses, yes, we we want to look at that as a revival. Um, there's questions whether there's going to be another great world revival, folks. I want us to bask. I want us to to rejoice. Even what Jesus has or the scriptures teaches us. Over one soul that repents, there's a party, and I'm just paraphrasing it, going on in heaven. So if there's thousands upon thousands that are saved because of the message during the tribulation, praise God for it. If it's just a few, praise God for it. Um, so I'm not downplaying revival. Uh, we need to, as believers, be revived and go about the business of being soul winners and propagators of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, there's going to be uh, the wicked that's going to continue in sin. And even with the passage of scripture that we talked about how that things are advancing, uh, we, we can only, you know, we can wreck our minds with what's taking place and, and the uh, the growth of wickedness and the growth of wickedness that's going to continue in, in, in the world today. And even with the technology, how that the wickedness uh, can be uh, be spreaded or, or even be merchandised. Um, one thing that I think that we need to emphasize here, even though the wicked will continue in sin, uh, there will be this worsening, it looks like, of sin and the uh, the blasphemy toward God Himself, and and folks, just even in the last uh, in the last ten years, uh, things that have just come forward uh, in the wickedness and the sin and the propagation of it, and and even the the, the way that it can be uh, brought forth into people's life. I mean. People using technology today to promote wickedness now, <clears throat> but I want us to stand. I want us to stand with that of 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 confidence that no matter how worse it grows, 
um, and, and, and this kind of thing, uh, that the wise during this period of time will not be deceived. <laughs> Thank God for that. But it will not be possible to deceive the wise. There's going to be those that are going to be blinded to the truth. Satan will deceive the wicked. And, and you know, just think about how that even right now people are deceived. I mean, uh, with with their sin, they think that there's nothing wrong with it. Wrong's right and right's wrong. I mean, some of the things we hear in the news, it's almost, uh, it, it's not just horrible. It's just almost unreal that people would live in such such a way of depravity. I want to interject this. What really sometimes just bombards me is how that how that the human race can make such a a, a plea for humanitarian means of 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 an earthquake takes place or or a major disaster and the humanitarian side of organizations that come to the forefront and even people uh, helping one another. But yet the, the, the devastation of how evil and the wickedness and the deception of the enemy, how that people can just kill at random and, and we can kill the baby in the womb and, and we can, we can see the, uh, the effect of, sexual immorality and 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 that of 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 just uh, 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 drugs and alcohol and mind uh, mind rendering uh, effects on people through what they will uh, actually allow themselves to begin to snort or or drink or or partake of it, it just mind boggles me uh, the very deception that man has and that brings on or is an effect to man's depravity. Let's look at verse number 11 uh, because this is this is kind of interesting, some things that's taking place here with these end of time uh, or especially the last uh, three and a half years or the closing of it. Verse 11, it says, and from the time that the daily sacrifice is taken away and the abomination of desolation is set up, there shall be uh, 1,290 days. Now, previously, we saw that there was 60 days um, or, or 1,260 days. Now it's talking about 90 days. And uh, so let's look at this for just a moment. Uh, first of all, we understand that that 1260 is dealing <clears throat> with that of those last 42 months. And it's talking about how that the, um, the turn of the Antichrist, uh, breaking the peace treaty, and even uh, more than likely an image of himself and the abomination of desolation set up, uh, an idol for to be worshipped, um, unholy a reverence of sacrifice uh, uh, upon the uh, altar there of the temple. And one thing is, first of all, one of the first things that he'll do before he even does that, or in the process of it, is, is he will stop whatever uh, order of sacrifice that the Jew has been carrying out 
that was part of the original treaty. And we see that he will substitute that with an abomination of establishing something of an image and that of, of similar to that of Antichus, uh, sacrificing that of falsely and that of abomination upon the uh, altar himself is, is what's being spoken of here. So we need to remember that the angel Gabriel told uh, Daniel that the last half of the tribulation period would begin when the abomination of desolation is set up on the wing of the temple. Uh, from this, we can calculate that there will be somewhere about another 1260 days from uh, the tribulation midpoint to the second coming of Jesus. Uh, the Antichrist will rule during those years and then be cast into the lake of fire. But the abomination of desolation or the image of the beast will remain for an extra 30 days. Now, here's where we get the other 30 days. Uh, this is what's being considered. Now, think about this because we know uh, when Jesus comes, we know that the Antichrist, the false prophet, uh, Satan himself will be cast into the lake of fire for a thousand years. <clears throat> now, here is some possibilities that's been stated, and I think they're interesting, of this 30 days that extends past the 1260. First of all, it could be a time to rid of the Antichrist impact. It's going to take some time for, for things to, uh, to, to, uh, uh, to rid itself. And then secondly, it will take time to gather the elect and assemble them in Israel. So this transitioning back to uh, Israel. Um, remember, Jesus is going to establish for a million, for a million years, for, for a thousand years, excuse me, um, uh, that his kingdom, uh, a millennium, and it's talking about the, the reassembling of the elect, gathering together. There's going to be those that's going to be uh, coming out of Petra. Um, we, we, we know, uh, that travel may be even different. Um, but, but in that 30 uh, day period of time, some of them coming to actually Jerusalem. Then third, there will be a third, there will be a period of grace before judgment. And our writer tells us we need to look at verse number 12, verse number 12, because then we see another 45 days. So we end up with 75 um, more days being added to this 1260 uh, days. So we end up with uh, this to take in consideration also. Now, uh, verse number 12 says, Blessed is he who waits and comes to the one uh, through Excuse me, I, I, I did not read that right. Blessed is he who waits and comes to the 1,335 days. Now, here is being given a, another period of 45 days. It's mentioned, and again, Jesus, we don't have an explanation. Most experts realize that the reason is sealed, but a few speculate on the matter because people want to know. People want to know. Inquisitive minds want to know. Just remember that any answer is just a possibility. Okay. Um, 
here's something that I think is valid that's being noted by our textbook. Um, some things will happen at the end of the 45 days um, that will be a blessing to everyone who reaches to the end of it. This implies that not everyone will make it. It is, in my opinion, now this is the writer of our textbook, so just listen to this. It is my opinion that this 45-day period is when Jesus will judge the nations. <clears throat> now, I want you to think about the fact that there has been those nations that sided against or sided with the Antichrist. And also, we've already talked about how that through the domination that the enemy or Satan attempts uh, to have that of uh, a spiritual uh, influence on the nations of the world. Um, so during this of going into that of the millennium or at the beginning is the believed to be the time of the judgment of the nations. Um so some will be blessed with privilege of entering the excuse me entering the millennium and others will be cursed and sent to eternal punishment. Now I'm just going to make a statement here that you can think on. And I know that when we say nation we're talking about a populace of people that are identified or let's say citizen and when I make this statement, I'm not saying that every person goes to hell. Paul's desire was for Israel to be saved, but that doesn't mean that every Israelite or every Jew is going to be saved. Um, so that's important to think about. Uh, the Bible says the nation that uh, forgets God will be uh, turned into hell. Um, the Bible talks about how in the book of Psalms, how that uh, a nation is blessed that exalts God. Um, so let me ask a question here, and I want you to ponder it. Think about it. And I know we have listeners from Russia. I know we have listeners from Germany. I know we have listeners, and I'm going to miss some nations, several uh, nations. I know I have 10 or 12 nations at least that come up. Um, in in my analytical of 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 of, of what I know that uh, is taking place with this particular platform, and it's not my place to sit here and judge anybody because there is believers. I believe upon the face of the earth, now and yet to come, from every um, every possible ethnic group. Uh, the most important thing is that we are born again. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. No matter what ethnic we are or what uh, kindred in the natural sense. But just think for a moment: Will the United Excuse me. Will the United States be cast in hell? I'm going to leave it that way because I'm from the United States. I'm not going to call other nations. But the identity of nations, it sounds as if, are going to be cast. It, at this judgment, they're going to be judged.
and they're going to suffer loss. Wow, that's a thought to think about. And, and if there's a nation that is going to be held accountable, surely the United States of America, because we've had the gospel. We have had a foundation upon Judaic Christian, the very word of God. And what you have, you're going to stand accountable for. Okay. Let's look at some other things here before we wrap up. Let's look at the advice that Daniel, or the final advice that what Daniel was given. And this is the last verse, and somebody say, whoo, this is the last verse of Daniel. But let me say something. This is not the end. This is not the end because there's so many things that we know now that has taken place, but yet, definitely that last week, that last week, those seven years, uh, and then those 42 months, and then those 75 extra days. But it says in verse 13, But you go your way till the end, for you shall rest, and will rise to your inheritance at the end of the days. Okay, let's look at what our textbook is telling us with five things here. It says, Jesus ended the vision without answering Daniel's question. He didn't fully answer Jesus. Uh, Jesus didn't answer his question. But these closing remarks are very important. And here are five important thoughts to think about. Daniel was told to go his way. That means that he was to continue his life. He was not to be worried. And that Jesus would be faithful. Trust Jesus and he would be faithful. But Daniel was to be faithful. Now, verse number two is interesting with some of the discussion we had about resurrection earlier. You shall rest. And our text says, or our textbook says, probably refers, and I believe it's referring to Daniel's uh, death. But let's go back and just think for a moment. If he, if he finds rest in God's word to go on about his way, there is a rest. There's a peace but I really believe it is talking in reference because of what follows thereafter. You shall rest probably refers to Daniel's death. Um, unless a person leaves in the rapture, that person is destined to die. Now, I see a question, even though this is a statement. Will Daniel resurrect at the time of the rapture? Or will it be with the Old Testament saints? I'll leave that in your ballpark to ponder. <laughs> All right, number three, at the end of the days can mean several things. At the end of the tribulation period, at the end of the 1290 days, or at the end of the 1335 days, it probably means the the 1,335 days is what it's talking about. The completion of things. 
Then number four, will arise, refers to the time when the multitudes will awake or arise from the dead. This multitude here includes the Old Testament saints and the tribulation saints' resurrection of life. So <clears throat> the reference is being given back to the thought that we talked about with that of the resurrection of when these Old Testament saints will uh, be resurrected. And I'm not going to really elaborate on it, but do remember phase four would have been resurrection of the tribulation saints and the remainder of the Old Testament saints at the end of the tribulation um, period. <clears throat> okay, then fifth to your inheritance means to take possession of your rewards, Daniel, no doubt, will receive many rewards. Now, one thing in perspective of any uh, final resurrection that has to do with believers, remember, there is a Bema seat. There's going to be the judgment of the, of the believers. And we will stand at that judgment, which is called the, the Bema seat, and it's not for the 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 um, the finalization of whether we uh, go to heaven or or we uh, live with Christ. That's not it, or be cast in hell. That's already been resolved. We're a believer. We're a saint. But there will be rewards. There will be rewards. There will be crowns that the believers or the saints will receive that we will be able to coronate. We will be able to actually coronate Christ as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Now, <clears throat> as we look at um, the wrap-up of this chapter, there's um, about uh, five, I believe, bullet points, and then, of course, we have our five study questions. Let me just mention real briefly, I'm not going to go over the study questions um, and definitely give any answer, but I will read them. Number one is, what are some of the good things that will happen at the end of time? Or the time of the end, excuse me. Number two, what are some of the bad things that will happen at the time of the end? Number three, what indication do we have that heaven and hell actually exist? That's some consideration to think about because there's those that deny, especially hell. Number four, what are the three time periods mentioned in this chapter? When will the tribulation period end and when will the millennium begin? And then number five, what did Jesus say would happen to Daniel? And when you answer number five, think about how that applies to you. What have you heard that happens to you? <clears throat> now keep in mind, uh, if you're a believer, keep in mind that if you make the rapture, keep in mind if you die, some things when you apply it to yourself. But the question is, what did Jesus, what did Jesus say 
what happened to Daniel. Okay, I do want to remind any of our students that are submitting their uh, questions from each chapter. There should be 60 questions all together. And remember, when you're doing these, do them by the chapter. Be sure to put your name. They're to be typeset, the questions and the answers. You're to put your name on the paper. You're to put type it. You're to put the date. You're to put your SID number or that which is your student ID number. You need to put what chapter this was and that the course was the course of the book of Daniel. Now let's do the wrap up here. Mercy time has flown. Um, chapter uh, wrap up. Point number one. Chapter 12 concerns what will happen to Israel at the time of the end or the end of times of the Gentiles, not to the end of the world. Michael, the archangel, is assigned to protect Israel, and he will be careful to intercede for Israel against her enemies. The tribulation period will be a great time or a time of great trouble, a time uh, worse than anything that has happened before. But the saved of Israel will be delivered. And that's a promise of verse 1 of this 12th chapter. Bullet point number 2. Much of the tribulation period is bad news, but there is also good news. Good One good thing is the resurrection of the Jewish believers. The unbelievers, however, will be raised to shame and everlasting contempt in the resurrection of condemnation. While the believers will be raised to everlasting life in the fourth phase of the resurrection of life. Those who lead others to Christ during the tribulation period will shine with the brightness uh, or glory of Christ. Remember, we're called stars, or they're called stars. Um, and that's uh, verses 2 and 3 of this 12th chapter. Our bullet point 3 Excuse me. Daniel was twice told to close up and seal the words of this prophecy until the time of the end. These prophecies will be divinely preserved and protected until the end. And some prophecies will not be understood until then. When the time of the end arrives, two things will take place. The first one will be people will be perplexed by world events. We see that now. And many will study Bible prophecy causing an explosion in prophetic knowledge. That's verses 4 and 9 of this chapter. Now, folks, there is an explosion, especially even in the 20th century. I believe there's been more of an explosion of that, of people wanting to know or studying. And some things have been actually polluted uh, doctrines uh, of eschatology. But we need a, a, a an understanding of Bible prophecy. Matter of fact, I, I'm reminded of the passage of Scripture, blessed is he that reads, uh, also he that keeps um, the word. In Revelation chapter 12, we're told that anyone that messes with the word of God uh, that the plagues will be given them, their part will be taken out of the uh, the book of life or the Lamb's book of life. So keep that in mind, how important it is. And that may be another reason why that it's been closed and sealed and God will reveal it as it needs to be because 
the attack of the enemy that wants to change. And of course, we even know whatever eschatology thoughts of doctrine that's out here that's being propagated that's not truth, that's not truth, is is that a work of the enemy to deceive people? <clears throat> um, the fourth bullet point, Jesus appeared and took an oath that the last half of the tribulation period would last for three and one half years or 1260 days during that terrible time the wicked will be confused and grow worse but multitudes will understand the tribulation events and be saved after the tribulation period that will be two brief periods and that gives us a total of 75 days the 30 days and then the 45 days of course we understand that the purpose of this has not been fully revealed and uh, it's believed that uh, it concerns the uh, preparation for that of the millennium, which would give us an understanding of why there would be um, the Jews that recognize uh, Jesus as their Messiah, as their Messiah, and there will be actually uh, the judgment of that of of uh, Satan and the Antichrist, and the uh, false prophet, and they'll be cast in hell, and there will be the judgment of the nations here. And we can find those scriptures in, in Daniel chapter 12, verses 5 through 7, and then it continues in verses 10 through 12. And I hope that you uh, have read those several times by now. And then our last bullet point, Daniel was told to go his way twice in this chapter which was a way of telling him that he was to go in peace. He was to trust Christ, and he was continuing his course. Today, we need to realize that that's what God wants us to do, that we continue our lives and it being faithful to God, and we rely in faith that God is still in control. Um, he was also told he would die. Now think about that. Daniel was told that he was going to die, but would be raised to receive an inheritance at the time of the end. And we find that in verses 9 and verse number 13. Again, it's been a, pl a pleasure to have taught the book of Daniel. There's no way possible that my mind has uh, exhausted this but I pray that you have received something. And, of course, I do encourage you to um, listen back to these videos. I encourage those that have the textbook to please keep it as a volume in your uh, resources of study. And for those that have been listening that have not been students of Destiny Bible College, I want to mention to you that the textbook that we have used is the Book of Daniel, the Smart Guide to the Bible Series. And it's written um, by that of Damon R. Duck and Larry Richards. And we would just encourage you, if you uh, want to look through Amazon uh, or the outlets and find a copy of this, uh, I believe um, my understanding, the last publication of this would have been 
19, excuse me, I'm sorry, I'm looking at the Bible, um, would have been 2007. So I would encourage you to, to uh, get one of these books, read it, keep it in your library. Also, <clears throat> I want to make this uh, announcement. If you have been listening to some of the course studies on um, the book of Daniel, and then any previous that we have posted here in this platform of the power of the blood or biblical management principles. Um, I'm sure I'm missing something. Some of these studies that we have been a part with Destiny Bible College, and you have an interest in Destiny Bible College, um, would you contact us? We'd be happy to talk with you about this. Um, probably one of the easiest ways would be just to drop me an email at Pastor Harry, uh, Pastor, let me start back over, Pastor Harry, 8700 or 8700 at yahoo.com and give me a way to contact you and I will get that information to whomever. We would love to uh, see you actually in class, but we may be able to make uh, some arrangements for you to do it um, correspondence as we're building that particular program. Again, thank you for your time. Thank you for your, uh, your interest in studying the Word of God, and have a blessed day.